today. The latest on the U.S. involvement in the Russia-Ukraine conflict and much more because it's Monday. So we've got a lot for you and it's all coming right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, uh, today joined by my good friend, America's favorite cowboy, and also author of Am I Crazy, which you all, trust me, you all need to get right about now if you don't already have it, Chad Prather. It is good to be with you, Sarah Gonzalez. Wow, that's yes, so I'm full radio. of energy. Hello, Chad Hello. Prather. <laughs> I am Glenn Beck. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's Monday. You never know what's going to happen. Also joined by Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and host of For Cannon's Sake. Um, so I do, I feel like this is very reminiscent of 2020 when we just, the only thing that was going on was COVID. And there were like a, a little bit of new developments every day, but it's that's what's leading the headlines is COVID, COVID, COVID. And you had to talk about it until you were sick to death of talking about it. Uh, this time it is the Russia-Ukraine conflict. But it is so important uh, to talk about the latest of it because uh, the United States um, was had been talking. Uh, NATO had obviously been uh, trying to coordinate how involved they were going to get in this particular conflict, and Secretary of State Antony Blinken uh, actually came out over the weekend and told Face the Nation uh, that if NATO countries uh, did want to provide fighter jets to Ukraine, which, by the way, Russia was saying, you guys better not do this. If they wanted to provide something like fighter jets to Ukraine, that they would get the green light to do so. Here's that exchange. If, for instance, the Polish government, a NATO member, wants to send fighter jets, does that get a green light from the U.S., or are you afraid that that will escalate tension? No, that, that, that gets a green light. In fact, we're talking uh, with uh, our Polish friends right now about what we might be able to do to backfill uh, their needs if, in fact, they choose to provide these fighter jets to, to the Ukrainians. Uh, what could we do? How can we help to make sure that... Uh, they get something to backfill the planes that they're handing over to, to the Ukrainians. Uh, meanwhile, earlier today, a third round of talks between Russia and Ukraine ended without a breakthrough. Uh, Russia obviously is pressing Ukraine to um, give up a large slice of eastern Ukraine as a condition for Russia to stop their invasion. Uh, and uh, before these latest negotiations took place today, Vladimir Putin had also demanded that Ukraine accept neutrality, abandon all of their efforts to join NATO and completely demilitarize, which, I mean, seems like. That's uh, that's quite a that's quite an offer there. Like, hey, uh, don't call for help and also uh, eliminate all of your ability to actually help yourselves. Uh, so the the conversations have stalled yet again. Does it make you guys a little bit nervous to hear uh, Blinken going on national television and saying, yes, we will uh, involve ourselves. Yes, we're totally fine with NATO involving uh, itself by way of you know, of supplying fighter jets, supplying, uh, you know, military equipment to Ukraine, even though Russia has insisted that we not do that. Yeah, I spent all of the last six months hoping that Polish warplanes were going to be flying over Ukrainian airspace, <laughs> defending them against Russia. I've been so excited about this. <laughs> Have you? I mean, you know, you know, what else? As soon as we... Biden got elected, you were like, yes. I mean, well, something had to end the variants, you know. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> Antony Blinken. 
Oh, uh, I do miss Fauci though. Don't you miss Fauci? Like I mean, that guy I never thought in, I would. But. He's in the wind. He's like the he's like the groundhog on the groundhog day. <laughs> they put him back in the box. When this is all said and done, he'll come back out. They'll see if he can find his variant shadow. Uh, but no, I I'm not excited about this. Uh, I'm puzzled. Mm-hmm. I think is the biggest uh, reaction that I have to any of it. Um, I, I have very strong opinions, as I'm sure most people do, in all of these things. Uh, I, anybody, I think that any, I'll just put it this way, anybody that comes out and says they're an expert on what's going on and they just got it nailed down, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a multi-level, multi-faceted drama that's happening here that they're just not. I just know that I've learned over the last two years especially that if this is the one big elephant the mainstream media is pointing to that's in the room, there's something else going on mm-hmm. and you're not getting all the facts. Yeah, especially with all of the all of the misinformation that we've been seeing circulate across social media, all of the videos that turned out to not be correct, the stories that have been told, the ghost of Kiev <coughs> and all of these other things. And by the way, you guys are telling me that I'm saying it incorrectly. No, I'm not. I'm actually saying the Ukrainian uh, pronunciation of the capital, uh, Kiev, is actually the Russian pronunciation of the of that uh, city. So I I've just... been to both places. <laughs> Please, I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just going by what the Ukrainians have said. If you want to continue to say it the way that Russia does, that's fine. But I'm not like I'm not a giant idiot. I'm just a partial idiot. Eric, go ahead. <laughs> Look, I, I do think this. And I'm not a doomer by any means, but I do think that this is going to be a case where at some point this is going to be escalated to U.S. involvement. Does it seem like they want it? It does seem like they're wanting They're being like a little too chicken crap because what they're trying to do is like, okay, we're only going to do, you know, all right, we'll supply you with this. We'll supply you with that. But what's going to end up happening, and this is what I had predicted earlier on when this whole happened, there'll be something like provoking like the American bid. Something like be it made they destroyed their their equipment or something yeah. like that will happen. And then that will then justify their involvement. Now, Joe Biden had been talking about this. I don't know if it was over the weekend or at the end of the end of the week when he was discussing like, OK, well, what's to say if they are going to just stop at Ukraine? Mm-hmm. That was a big worry. Or I don't know if they're legitimately worried about that or more as they trying to sell the people on that so they can say we should get involved because this may escalate uh, to something where, let's say, these guys that are in NATO, the countries that are in NATO, are going to be the end up being the ones invaded. So before it even gets to that point, we might as well do what it, what it is that we got to do. Because when it seems like, OK, they're not going to be involved, you have Blinken or someone say something like that, like we're already green light and fighter jets. Mm-hmm. Now, like you mentioned, they're like, you probably shouldn't do that. Now, I don't know. On the other hand, it could be, you know, maybe the tides turn or whatever, and Russia says, okay, we're going to cut our losses and go. But as everybody is talking, which to what Chad was saying, you don't know what's true and really what's not, everybody's acting as if he's not, Putin isn't this, this madman, or some people say, oh, he's different now, he's completely crazy, so that's not on the table, that he, he maybe wants to provoke you guys to get involved for the sake of legitimizing a war. I don't really know what's going to happen, but what I can say is that it does look like in some way, shape, or form, the U.S. is going to be involved in this. Well, the provoking thing, I think, is a provoking thought. Uh, <laughs> first of all, they came into Ukraine in one of the most easily defended against formations with a convoy. Uh, you, you, airstrike, you smoked that. I mean, you end that thing right there. And it's like, but they knew that the Biden administration wasn't going to do anything. Right. They knew they were playing against impotence uh, and, and unwillingness. So... 
I still like the whole theory that Putin has a brain tumor. And he's losing it, and he's going crazy. Yeah. I haven't heard that one. I, I, I mean, you know, it's been <laughs> floated. Uh, I, and you know, but then you got Zelensky. Is he an actor? Is this a pawn show? I mean, you know, is he is he a pawn in a show? Uh, is somebody pulling the puppet strings? I don't know. There's too many things that just like if if Putin is after world domination, I don't think he is. Uh, I, I think. I think philosophically at his core, yeah, but I think he's also a realist that he's like, that's not going to happen, no matter how impotent Joe Biden in this administration is. Uh, but it's like, it's weird the way this, uh, if you want to call it an attack, I guess you would, is, is happening. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Um, and I thought it was interesting, too. I posed a question on Twitter. Very, very scientific poll on Twitter, <laughs> I did. And um, I, I asked a question now, I chose my words very carefully. So who do you trust more to tell you the truth about what is happening uh, between Russia and Ukraine? And your only options were Vladimir Putin and the American mainstream media. And like 80% of the people said Putin. I, I voted in your poll and I said Putin. Yeah, because I, it's like, who did, not who do you trust to like have our best interests or like not be cruel, but who do you trust to at least tell you the truth? Well, and I, but, you. But, right, because that's the problem is that everyone's hearing from, you know, CNN and all these, all of the lefties who used to have the wear a mask profile pictures are now like praying for Ukraine. And it's like, it just, like, there's, you don't want to trust it because you know how much they've lied in the past. And then you're like, well, Putin's a bad guy, but he at least admits that he's a bad guy. And so I understand the, the, the inner conflict of, like, I don't know who to trust. Well, and you and now you have where Putin is basically shutting down information. Yeah. In, Facebook in is Russia. Gone. Well, I mean, I, I keep joking about it. I said, look, you got CNN's out of there. Facebook's gone. YouPorn or whoever it was is gone. <laughs> Coca-Cola. So in six weeks, Russia's going to be the most well-adjusted, free-thinking, healthiest <laughs> nation on the planet. Just by getting rid of all of that stuff. Uh, so... <laughs> but he is shutting down the information. So whether he's wanting people not to hear truth of what's happening or and Glenn said something on his show this morning. And I, I agree with that. I, I wish we had someone in leadership who could be like Ronald Reagan during the fall of communism and just be on Voice of America, you know, Radio Free Europe, whatever, and just continually piping in every day. The voice of the president of the United States says, right. we see you, we hear you talking to the people of yeah. Ukraine. Yeah. We see you, we hear you. But, but making sure that the citizens who are involved in this are getting that information. So I, I do want to get to the citizens because I think it is a very interesting uh, dynamic here. I am not a historian, but I haven't ever, I can't recall ever seeing it before that all of these other countries seem to be taking out uh, all of all of this, you know, they're, they're, it's like they're sanctioning the people and not the government. Well, like, you have Visa, happens, MasterCard, they're like, no, we're not doing business in Russia anymore. Well, we're not, uh, Netflix is like, we're, well, you're not allowed to Netflix and chill. You're not allowed to if you're a Russian citizen. <laughs> it's like these people had nothing to Russia, do well, with where uh, they live. Uh, on, and on, the other they, hand, on the other hand, I do get a kick out of seeing people now all of a sudden gripe about being uh, deplatformed on, <laughs> despite, you know, not having anything to do with something or rather because of political nonsense. Right. Uh, now all of a sudden so many people care about having right. access to visa right. that's that's a, that's so interesting to me but that was always going to be the case yeah. That's what a sanction. I know people talk about sanctions and 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 be it in, even in the economic sense, the use of tariffs and all of this stuff. Who do you think at the end of the day, no matter what level that you look at it, even if it is against the quote unquote government, mm -hmm. it still trickles down to the citizenry, no matter what it is. That's yeah. what it does. The, as we say it all the time, people, the, the quote unquote people don't mm -hmm. go to war. 
The government does. Yeah. So, yes, this is why I said, and it may be a little unpopular, but it's the reality of the situation. I, while, though I understand Lindsey Graham is a freaking idiot, and he probably shouldn't say what it is that he said. The part that is true is that it is the, on the Russians to deal with Putin. Because at the end of the day, when he's putting all of the shackles on you, you can't go protest and you can't. That ain't us doing that. That's your government doing okay. that. Uh, your point. You're right, Eric. I agree with you. Now, let's look at Joe Biden. It's our responsibility to deal with deal, Joe Biden. Exactly. That's, what, so, that's the point so I made. Joe Biden is going to come out and put sanctions, sanctions on the Russian pipeline. So apparently he's saying, well, it's going to affect them economically and make them toe the line if we put sanctions on their pipeline. Listen, Joe Biden put sanctions on the American yes. pipeline, yeah. on the Keystone pipeline. Yes. So he knows that it's affecting us yep. right. economically. These guys and these, these elites and these globalists, they're, they're not going to miss any meals. Yep. Yeah. But I paid $5 a gallon this morning for diesel. Do, well, okay, so to, but to your point, the Biden administration is actually trying to blame this particular crisis what's going yeah. on with Russia and Ukraine on the, the the gas prices are high because of that and it's like well no that that gives them the out also that that, that was the point that I didn't right, mention earlier as if it hadn't been created as if the prices wound. didn't start rising way before that or, or even then when you look at the regulatory bodies be it at the federal level or in the state level and you know how they kind of approach lack of you know they won't let you drill the fracking and all those issues that we've talked about many times on the show that's a self-inflicted wound by way of the government mm -hmm. so even if it was true you know yeah Russia's a piece of crap whatever and we export 10 percent <laughs> you know the reason that's all the only reason that is happening is because the government won't allow us to produce our own energy. Right. That's right. the only reason that is happening. So even if we conceded that it was true that the gas prices are rising because of this Ukrainian and Russian conflict, the reason it's that way ain't because of Russia. It's because of you. Yeah. It's yeah. because of yeah. you. I want to I want to get into uh, the, the topic of energy and uh, where we are getting our energy whenever we return. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Birch Gold Group. So we're talking about the the prices rising for gas. You guys, if you have been Oh, I don't know. Unless you're living under a rock, you're go doing things like going to the grocery store. You're realizing how much more you're paying for things. The inflation is completely out of control. It looks like you're paying 47% more for fuel than a year ago. You're paying 41% more for the same used vehicle. If you're buying it this year, instead of taking them up on their offer last year, you're paying almost 10% more to feed your family. Um, every dollar in your savings is worth less than it was a year ago. Do not wait on this. Hedge against the U.S. dollar by investing in something with real value that is gold and silver from Birch Gold. Precious metals have always been a safe haven in times of inflation. Birch Gold is the leader in converting IRAs and 401ks into a tax-sheltered IRA that is backed by gold and silver. They've got thousands of satisfied customers. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You are going to know that you are doing business with a good company that can help you. Again, uh, things are not getting better, you guys, so you don't want to sleep on this and wait until you have lost more money. Go uh, text the word Y to 989898. You'll get a free info kit. There is no obligation. There's no reason not to do this. You guys pick up your phone, text the word Y to 989898. <laughs> So we're talking about gas prices and energy uh, dependence. I was going to say energy independence, but that's not really what's going on here. It's more so energy dependence. Mm -hmm. The national average price for a gallon of gasoline has topped $4 in the United States for the first time since 2008. That is an increase of nearly 50 cents just since Russia launched its invasion into Ukraine 11 days ago. Uh, and the national average hit 4.009 on Sunday. Um, prices jumped roughly nine cents since Saturday. 
Uh, so that's good. That's really we're on the, we're on a good track, you guys. Chad, I don't even I can't even imagine having so, a gigantic truck like you do. I, <laughs> I have a midsize SUV, and I paid eighty one dollars to yeah. fill it up, and I was like, oh, it's God, over. That it's hurts. over a hundred bucks. Um, to do, fill can you mine. can you do that? Because some gas stations well, don't they stops. cut you, you off. You just have to stop, and you got to recharge your oh car, and you got to redo it. They're going to have to so, change the limits. So this morning when I stopped, um, it stopped me at ninety five dollars. I had three quarters of a tank. I still had more to go. Jesus Christ, That's man. so yeah. gross. Big truck. Now, my buddy, my buddy, Jeremy Christopherson, he he just, he's British, and he's American. He's more American than me and you. Uh, he, uh, he's, he installed, a, a, he he can go like a 1,000 miles on a tank of gas. He put in a, a double-sized, he's got the same truck as I do. He put in twice the size gas tank over the weekend. <laughs> and so his thing, he showed it, it shows your miles to empty. It was like 985. No way. <laughs> That's like really you got funny. A, you got a mortgage, a tank of gas. <laughs> That's funny. So here's the thing. I would love to be able to say, like, and this is, so tomorrow night's episode, I think we're going to name it Glenn Beck is Wrong. All right? And we're going to try oh, to get Glenn that's, on that's, on Wednesday to come risky. and do a rebuttal. So okay. I'm going to talk to people tomorrow night because Glenn keeps saying on his show, we just got to we just got to turn this the pumps back on. We got to get American oil going. We got to get mm-hmm. energy independence. Well, the problem is you can't do that now. You can't do that. We're in the perfect storm for energy independence. So I would love to be screaming Midland, Texas over Moscow, Russia. I would love for that to be my battle cry right now. But the problem is you have these pumps that decline when they're not in use. So we've gone from about 900 pumps to 500 pumps. I'm talking about West Texas. You you can't just turn the knob and those things come back on. So now you have a labor shortage. Now you have a steel shortage. You've got supply chain issues. Uh, you've got people who are just barely pumping enough oil just to get a little steady income so they can pay their debts over the pandemic that happened in 2020 that shut everything down. So it would take a minimum of six months of sacrifice and hard work to get us back online, whether it's the Keystone Pipeline or just pumping our own, fracking our own, you know, uh, you know, getting those hydrocarbons out of the earth. It would take at least six, probably nine months for us to get back to a point where we were prior to the pandemic. Mm. And that's the thing that people aren't factoring in. You can't just say, let's, let's go. So, so again, Glenn said on his show, he said, let's just, even if we did it for the next nine months while this problem is going on in Ukraine, well, it would take us nine months just to get back online. Mm. And that's the thing that people aren't thinking about. It's, it's not that easy. And don't forget the federal regulations and the permitting that it takes to get that yeah. out of the earth. So then so then, what are your thoughts on uh, Ted Cruz, Republican senator from here, Texas. Ted Cruz has introduced a bill to restore American energy independence uh, with all of these increasing gas prices. He said that uh, his bill is focused on reversing Biden's actions so we can restore American energy independence. It won't cost taxpayers a dime. And uh, it will expedite permitting, leasing, safe new pipelines and exports and providing much needed regulatory certainty. Um, in addition to that, he says it would you know, create new jobs, lower energy costs, all of that. But I, I found it interesting. Elon Musk is even saying this is Elon Musk, you guys. I uh, hate to say it, but we need to increase oil and gas output immediately. Extraordinary times demand extraordinary measures, to which Ted Cruz said couldn't agree more. Unleash American energy now. Um, so, Eric, I want to get your thoughts, but Chad is saying all of that. We do need to do all of that. Let's okay. start now towards that process, but it's not but an overnight it It's to, not an overnight okay. process. It's yep. not just going to happen. And so when I talk to my friends in the Permian Basin of Texas, when I talk to my friends that are in the oil and gas industry, they, they throw their hands up and they say, these politicians they don't listen to what we're saying. They're not hearing our concerns. And listen, I'm a person who just came off of a gubernatorial can- campaign in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked to these oil and gas people. They want nothing more 
than to see you know oil and gas to come back online in the way that it should. And we should have energy independence in the state of Texas as well as in America. But it's just not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Eric. Like I said, it's a self-inflicted wound. And it we've all got to this point right now. Now, the reason why Elon, I feel like I'm talking about what I talked about last year, was it, or the year before? Was it last year when we had the whole uh, freeze and I was... February. Griping at, yeah, ERCOT yeah. and all of that sort of February stuff. February of 20, yeah. And, you know, I mean, 21, sorry. Yeah, so people were, you know, talking about ERCOT, not understanding who was on the boards of uh, ERCOT, and, and the fact that I remember Abbott had to ask, to, which was insane to me, ask the federal government to be able to utilize, you know, certain portions of his energy <coughs> because of, of course, uh, federal regulations regarding climate bullcrap um, and all of that. So now you got to the point to where we're at now, where you are somewhat at least dependent on, let's say, external sources for your energy. The reason why Elon's saying what he's saying right there, because you get these idiots who are like, well, just get. I'm pretty sure people have said that you know, oh, I, spent, I spent all this money on my oil and, or on gas or whatever. And they're like, well, you should basically just get an electric car. What do you <laughs> Pete think? Pete Buttigieg pow- did say that. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you think powers that? What do you think the uh, electricity comes from? To basically, it's just a, it's a magic. No, it's a magic hole in the wall. That's, that's what it all is. it is. And that's that, that goes lets, lets you know how stupid know. these people are. And I learned that last year how stupid people are, and that even if you do get this electric vehicle, it still in some way, shape, or form depends on, let's say, the oil and gas industry to get the energy to, let's say, your car to power it up. But they don't even understand that. So I don't expect the politicians to understand any, any of that until it hits the fan. And like you mentioned, I know you've gone and campaigned and actually talked to those people. Me having lived, uh, you know, definitely throughout South Texas and living out, living out there and seeing how that even impacts the oil and gas industry impacts out there. You were right that these people want nothing more than to be able to basically do their own thing. But they are legitimately strapped. Yeah. And if you want to correct that problem. It's not to them that mm-hmm. you look to. It's to that local, that politician that you look to that, again, has strapped their, essentially their hands behind their back. And really effectively, I think we can use this term, made it illegal for them to just go and do their thing because it doesn't make any sense. And I think everybody that's in the ind- this industry agrees that it doesn't make any sense why America isn't, if anything, a net exporter of, of, of yeah. energy, mm-hmm. let alone depending on some foreign country to get that. Because I know now they're trying to ask Iran and, <laughs> yeah. and all Iran. that. Our, Saudi our Arabia, good friends, Venezuela. Our good friends, Iran yeah. and, and Saudi Arabia. I'm like, what? And Venezuela. They're down right. there talking to Venezuela <laughs> yep. right now. But think how fast the, the federal government would come to the rescue if we were talking about wind or solar energy. They'd be bailing them out, getting them back online, subsidizing them, doing everything they could to get them pumping again. Mm-hmm. No pun intended, but they would. I mean, that's exactly what they would be doing. <laughs> that's what they did. Like, they, people They've don't understand. historically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. People don't understand, even in, even in Texas, the amount of that type of energy, be it in wind and solar, the amount of that that this government has put forth to subsidize that industry is insane. It's actually more. People were under the moronic impression that, well, it's because of the gas and the oil industry that we're in this issue uh, that happened during that winter freeze last year. And I'm like, have you actually looked at where your taxpayer dollars are going in terms of what they're subsidizing? It's not 
oil and gas on net in terms of what they have hyper-emphasized in this last couple of years mm-hmm. on net, really if you embody the whole country. Yeah. It's solar and wind. It ain't nuclear, which I just don't understand why we talk You're so right. much about renewable yep. energy, yep. and they don't even consider that yep. as an uh, as an option, I guess, because right. uh, you know yeah. it just blows up everything, but that's a myth. But here we are, and now we're, again, asking Iran and Venezuela of all people. Well, it's nice energy. because you can tell uh, how unserious a person is about environmentally friendly, you know, climate change alternatives on whether or not they even consider nuclear. Yep. They're just rejected yeah. immediately. Like, it's like, we won't even consider that as an option. It's only wind and solar, maybe water, but that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, all right. We've got we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Raycon. So um, I actually I have this new home workout machine that I've been using. And what? oh, yes, I'll have to show you. It's, I got a lot of jokes in my head right oh now. Gosh. Okay. It's so fun. Well, I'm talking about Raycon right now. OK, okay. so all that to say you can <laughs> it, it's Bluetooth capable. So I've been hooking it up to uh, my Raycons because I don't want my toddler in the other room to hear with his nanny that I'm over there and bother me. So I'm hooking it up to my Raycon wireless earbuds and it is like amazing because I'm I'm doing my workout. I'm jumping around. I'm like lifting. I'm doing all these things and they stay in my ear. It doesn't matter how much you shake them, how much, how crazy you're getting. I don't want to know the kind of things you people do in your spare time. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. All right. And I'm telling you, they don't have the stupid stems coming out of your ears. So it's not going to like weigh it down. It's not going to fall out. Um, It stays in. It's super comfortable and it has the best audio quality uh, that I have found. They, they also have these gel tips. They've got several different options for you to find your perfect in-ear fit. Uh, they're very, very comfortable, and they've got plenty of different colors for those of you who uh, who like to uh, get, you know, you got the blue, you got the pink. Chad's laughing at me. I need everything in pink, and Raycon can do that. They can do it for you. Uh, they do it for me. They also offer eight hours of playtime, a 32-hour battery life. They're priced way lower. They're like half the price of other premium audio brands. So you got to go over there. Uh, right now, you can get 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Y. That is B-U-Y, buyraycon.com slash Y. The trucker convoy that we have talked about previously, not the Canadian one, but the trucker convoy that was headed to D.C., they uh, apparently are delaying, they are avoiding D.C. right now out of safety concerns. Now, I can't imagine why they would have any concerns uh, because it seems to be that, as usual, the mainstream media is covering it very, very objectively, not biased at all, <laughs> not accusing these people of anything, uh, you know, attacks on their character or anything like that. Uh, you would never, never hear that from them. So just as a, a reference point, let's listen to MSNBC on these American trucker convoys. Watch. Now they want what they say is accountability for what they call her what they call crimes against humanity, which are masking children or vaccine mandates. Accountability can mean anything to any number of these people, but there is a very heavy QAnon tinge to this sort of thing. The idea of military tribunals or things like that. Jesus. And that's where you're getting this anti-Ukraine talking point. The yeah. idea that Anthony Fauci has biolabs, he's creating another uh, coronavirus in these biolabs, and that this is some sort of secret operation uh, to take out the deep state in Ukraine. That is their idea here of sort of squaring Literally this no unsquareable circle, where for years they were told maybe Vladimir Putin wasn't the bad guy, mm. but they're seeing all these horrific images in Ukraine. And mm. now they're sort of trying to figure out a way for all this narrative to make sense. What? Oh. What? What? <laughs> what wag the dog BS was that? 
What? Who are you? Who are you reading? Where are you going? I mean, like you see those memes where it's like, no one, me, and like then it's all that verbiage. (laughs) What? Word salad. I know they're trying so hard, though, Chad. So hard. I mean. Look at, look at these rednecks sitting up here. Like, these are my people. They are. <laughs> these are my people. You think these people are motivated? They sit in their truck watching. They, they, they still watching DVDs in the back of the cab. You think they're watching <laughs> images from Ukraine and that's what's motivating them? Really? These are truckers. These are people that spend nine hours on the road every day and then sleep in the cab. Yeah. And, and, and eat in a gas station. Really? This, you think this is a bunch of ideological BS that these people are pumping? This is stupid. It also, I correct me if I'm wrong, but the timing <laughs> of it doesn't even work out because all of this was being discussed before okay, so this crisis, this I, conflict I'm happened. I'm going to pat myself on the back. Okay. So, you know, a week and a half ago, we, 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 I helped organize this. I will say that I was a part of this. Come get me, whatever. Uh, but we organized parking, parking for the convoy. Uh, west of Abilene. We even had dinner ready for them, right? Mm-hmm. From from the chicken restaurant. So it's like, it's like the chicken restaurant. This is not, this, I mean, this is not Vladimir Lenin who's coming up with Pravda, you know, in order to, to, to put out conspiracies for the people to read and, uh, and kind of create a whole alternate truth. Well, let's hear So let's hear from uh, one of the convoy leaders himself, Brian Braze, who's like, yeah, we don't want them to do to us what they did to all of those people involved in January 6th, so it's probably best for our safety if we just like <coughs> avoid it right now. Watch. I am fearful, Brian Brazi and the organizers are fearful of them trying to do to us what they did to those involved in January 6th. It is our belief that they will try to do that. Of course they will. So with that said, we are making diplomatic moves. That means that we're not... That means at this time, meaning today and tomorrow, we are not and will not go into D.C. proper. Wow, they sound like really crazy conspiracy theorists over there talking rationally and reasonably, Eric. Look, this anybody that is in opposition <laughs> to the regime, you're going to be painted as in a negative light. Mm-hmm. And they will grasp for as many straws as they possibly can, which is why he, that guy was going on some weird... T- I didn't even know where he was going with it, to be completely honest. I don't what think he's he knew either, about, to be Yeah, fair. he was kind of just, just, <laughs> just freestyling that. <laughs> talking about <laughs> Ukraine and, and, and Russia and this whole QAnon thing. And then he threw like, Fauci in there? Yeah. Like, where did Fauci yeah, come from? Yeah, well, he's like, oh, they're trying to make sense of it. I was like, nah, you trying to make sense of what it is yeah. you're saying, because you all over the place, man. But that's what they were always going to do, because it's... It's in opposition to them. It's in opposition to the regime. And they have nothing else. They can't debate you or dispute based upon what it is you actually advocate or what it is that you believe in. It's real simple. Guys that are being in opposition to what you guys have done to this country over the last two years and what you are currently doing to it regarding vaccines and, and in terms of the mandates and all of that. It's really that simple. But they will paint you as if you are a heretic, let's say that, the most evil thing that they possibly can paint you as because they need you to be that. Mm-hmm. Their positions aren't true unless it is. 
So they have to paint you that kind of way, no matter what it is that you are, because you're going against the regime regime. Excuse me. And that's what I hate out of this, because what gets actually lost in it. And they know that they're not they're smart enough to at least know that because this is purposeful is what actually this is about. <clears throat> like the, the state, which, again, I've said many times, I, I consider it a criminal organization. And then they want you to try to have some sort of sympathy in the event or sympathy for the state in the event that there are people that are simply putting up their arms in a defense sort of mechanism. That's it's not even an attack. It's we want you to stop doing this crap mm-hmm. to us. You're the aggressors here. So the people that go and oppose the aggressors then get painted as if they are the ones that are the attack aggressors. You know, yeah. like, yeah, like they are yeah. the ones that are actually the aggressors. And that's not the case. So they know what it is that they're doing. And this is why we feel like the media is certainly in a mainstream sense are the enemies of the people. They, of course, don't care about liberty. They don't value that. But more importantly, they are willing to demonize large swabs of uh, different people that are simply in opposition on a single issue, which is what we're talking about. It's not even and that can embody everybody. You saw that bar. They're talking about like pro Trump and all that. I'm willing to bet there's plenty of guys that are there that are they don't want anything to do with Trump. Mm -hmm. This is a single issue that, yeah, maybe people are quite slanted in one way, but you're going to find supporters on any given aisle that aren't in support of, let's say, a vaccine mandate or something. These guys are the aggressor, and all they're doing is just carrying water for the regime. That's all MSNBC and those types have ever done. So it's interesting, uh, as this is all going on, Republican senators apparently have sent, oh, they sent a strongly worded letter to, yes, to the Biden administration uh, trying to defund the federal vaccine mandates. Uh, They said that they would not agree to the expedited passage of any funding legislation that furthers such mandates. Uh, History will bear record of whether we chose to endure tyranny or oppose it in this pivotal moment. And uh, it's signed by uh, James Lankford, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, Steve Daines, Rick Scott, Ron Johnson, Mike Braun, Rand Paul, and Cynthia Loomis. And uh, like they two say. Two of them are worth a crap. They Mike say. Rand Paul. The senators demand a roll call vote on an amendment that would defund any remaining federal vaccine mandates on medical care providers, federal employees, government contractors, and members of the military. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm joking. I say it very tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, they wrote a strongly worded letter. I don't know what else they're supposed to do, though, because it's like they, there's only so much they can do. Um, so where, like, what do you do? Is this, is this just optics? Is this just... Uh, just I mean, it's something, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's optics. You did something. Right, right. So we'll we'll see if they follow through with, hey, we're not going to vote for any of this funding. I don't know why anybody would believe they are considering the last two years. Legislators are not going to fix this. Legislators are not going to do this. It's going to take people standing up and just taking it, you know, punching them in the mouth and um, he means that metaphorically. Well, whether it's punching Putin in the mouth, punching Xi in the mouth, or punching <laughs> Washington, D.C. in the mouth, somebody's got to stand up to this nonsense and say, enough is enough. Um, I did it with my own life. I don't care. I mean, look, at some point in time, you've, you've got to say enough is enough. You've got to stand up to the man. It don't matter how bad they whip your ass. I mean, you've got to stand up to it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. This is what we're up against. Yeah. Eric, last word. No, like... That's what when we talk about liberty, man, that's what it's about. And what Chad put, I know it sounds harsh because we've been conditioned to believe that the government is just untouchable and we can't do anything, huh. you know, to to do I anything story for you on that. Yeah, but we can't do anything to them. And it's just different, mm-hmm. even though they are the main cause of concern here. Rather, they caused all of these acts of aggression here. So when you see people finally stand up to that, people don't understand what that looks like. 
because they have been conditioned like, well, you don't do that. Well, what do you think liberty looks like? Your right. aggressors are all right there, mm -hmm. not, not exclusively, because we got our own out here in Texas, but when we talk about at the federal level, they're in that swamp in, in, in Washington, D.C. That's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, when you stand up to them, it's going to look unorthodox and you might not be prepared for how that looks. Right. But that's what liberty looks like. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's messy. Uh, all right. We've got uh, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Grove Collaborative. So there is still time. It's only March. There is still time to make 2022 the best year for your family yet. Uh, it is possible to make some really important changes. You probably got a whole list of products in your house right now that you may not realize it. You may have not thought about it, but you've got a family to take care of and you've got a bunch of products with harsh chemicals and irritants. And uh, look, you know, you wish you didn't, but you have to have something to clean with. You might be thinking, well, that's the, that's the only thing that I have. It's not, all right? You can go to Grove Collaborative. They carry hundreds of products aimed at replacing these and other products across your home and personal care routine. Uh, they've got concentrated cleaners. You can get the refillable glass bottles. Uh, they're twice as effective as the leading natural brands. I use Grove Collaborative. Um, I have switched to, you know, I've got, guys, I have a zoo at my house. I have two dogs. I have two cats. I have two children. I have a husband. I have a lot to consider. And with Grove, I know that what I am getting is uh, it's good for everyone. It's green. It's environmentally friendly. It's also uh, it's fine to, to be used around the kids, <laughs> around the pets. So if you are looking for something that you want to feel good about, you want to feel confident about using in your home or on your skin, whatever the case may be, you got to go try Grove. Join the over 2 million households already shopping there. You can go to grove.com slash news. You'll get a free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. Uh, shipping is fast and free, by the way. There is no reason not to do it. Grove.com slash news. That is grove.com slash news. So, Eric, you were mentioning uh, how the government always seems to uh, put their thumb on the little people. And the little people just think like, oh, well, that's just this is just how it's supposed to be. We can't fight back. Uh, it reminds me, those of you who follow my Twitter, you may have seen me post about the Robert Francis O'Rourke town hall event that I went to this weekend. Yes, I did. I do it for you guys. You're I do so all weird. of these things for you guys. <laughs> I sent Chad pictures. He was like, I, this is. I, it was, I had a visceral reaction. <laughs> he was very mad. To your picture with yeah, Robert Francis. with Robert Francis O'Rourke. And um, here's the thing, and Eric, we didn't talk about this off, off camera. I don't know if you know about this, but um, so what happened was, this was a public event, obviously. Anyone could come. After he spoke at the town hall event where they he took questions, uh, people lined up to get pictures with him, to talk to him, to shake his hand, to talk to him about whatever they wanted to talk to him about. I waited in the line, um, and I was trying to video the person behind me. I was trying to video his interaction with Beto because he was asking him a question. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record this. And his staffer immediately... Um, starts waving her hand in my face. She said, oh, no, 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 we're not recording. We're not recording. Grabs my phone, tries to pull it, is holding my phone and my hand, tries to pull my phone out of my hand. I said, don't touch my phone. Don't, don't touch my phone. Guess what happens? Dallas Police Department comes up, puts their hands on me, forces me and grab, grab I mean, hard, grabs me and like pushes me down. I almost tripped over the steps, pushes me over to a ramp off of it and uh, says, have a nice day. And I was like, what the hell just happened? Wow. I, this is a public event. I have a right to video. But by the way, everyone has been videoing this entire time. There were cameras out. Everyone had their cameras out. 
And not only did they commit battery by trying to grab my phone from me and take it, but you had Dallas police getting involved. They didn't give me any directive. They didn't ask me to do it. They didn't ask me to leave at that point. They had not, they, she just came right over and put her hands all over me because I, I guess I dared do the awful uh, thing of trying to video someone who's running for public office answering a constituent's question. That sounds right on brand for, yep. I mean, everybody knows how I feel about the police, but that's a, that's a bizarre reaction. I mean, to be fair, I've had my instances with literally Dallas. I think the last like running that I had with Dallas Police Department was exactly that a little Asian cop. I mean, before getting a directive, I was outside of, it was back when I used to do the, when I was in the club scene mm-hmm. and I would like house and stuff. I'm outside of my own freaking club. And he got, I guess he thought I wasn't supposed to be there. And then he grabbed me, pushed me up on a wall and put me like, like so you're not what? allowed. Yeah, to like do I'm that. Like, like, yeah, exactly. Obviously, you, you, you can't operate like that where you're first. In, and that's for anybody. Yeah. doesn't matter if you're a cop or not. Even if I see something that you're doing is like, let's say I don't understand it. Right. The first reaction should not be to put no. your hands no. on another. And again, no matter who it is that you are, Mm-mm. like it's one thing if you're using an aggression to spot someone. <laughs> Filming some a public official run of office, obviously there's no active right. aggression there. But that's how a lot of these the active aggression was on the staffer who grabbed my phone right, and tried right, to take it from right, me. Right, exactly. So that's that's a bizarre reaction from the staffer for sure. I don't know if it was because they recognized you or something like that. I uh, think so. Even even then, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. even. It's not even. Well, I know. I'm like to, I'm still a constituent. Yeah. So even if they did, it doesn't matter. Right POC. To do it. Yeah. And I'm a POC, which I told them. I said, listen, I, I had an episode in 2007 where a cop threw me on a car hood uh, handcuffed me now granted i was in mexico and i asked for it and i was a white person surrounded by pocs so i never well, got my justice i never got my justice i didn't walk out of there screaming i'm a white person <laughs> well so for those of you who are wondering i know i had all of the you know leftists like you're lying. That didn't happen. I, I have my side of the video on it. I had Chad seen it. I saw it. Um, I have my side of the video. I've We've requested the body cam footage from uh, Dallas Police Department. They have up to 20 days to provide the body cam footage. They were wearing body cams. So, um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if their tax dollars were completely wasted. And they're like, oh, we didn't have them on. But legally, they're supposed to. So we should get the body cam footage. We can match it up with uh, with my video and um, and go from there, but uh, it's just it it's just been so hard lately. I, I love police officers. I love the ones that I know. I love the ones who watch the show. And I see this crap. And there was even a sergeant who came up after her and like basically was perfectly reasonable, but like was complicit in her actions. And it's like you guys have to stop letting the bad ones control this. They're going to ruin your entire freaking industry. Uh, so more on that whenever we get the uh, the body cam footage. We'll be right back. So Chad, uh, you spent a lot of time uh, on a, a gubernatorial campaign. Does it surprise you at all that Beto would have people surrounding him that would do something like that? Uh, well, I know I've, I did a lot of campaign events over 19 months. Now, I'm not Bobby O'Rourke, right? I, I get I don't have the level of celebrity that Bobby has. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 I, it is curious. It is curious. Like, I, the way did Eric you ever- said it, I mean... 
Well, one, we fully allowed anybody that wanted mm-hmm. video anything. Why are you going to hide it? And now, mm-hmm. I said this to you. He doesn't want another viral moment. He doesn't right. want somebody putting him on the spot. That sounds like you're a backhanded. Like it already happened. It's already happened. He's had some viral moments where mm-hmm. people said, well, we don't want you in Texas. We don't want you <laughs> doing this. Um, so just, just buckle up. There's a lot of things going on. I don't care if you have a big R or a big D by your name. There's a lot of things going on in Texas politics that are not only up and up. You already know that. Mm. Hopefully it gets exposed. We'll see. But they're both, both sides of the coin are not good. Yeah. Uh, I catch a lot of crap for people for saying that. Look, I will vote for Greg Abbott over Beto O'Rourke. Right, I will. Right, right. I will. But I ain't happy he'll do, about He'll none do it of holding it. his nose. I ain't basically. happy about none of it. Yeah. Because the difference is with, 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 with Abbott, you can at least push him to say the things on the right. right. And maybe with enough pressure, we can make him do the things as well. Because mm-hmm. yep. he hadn't been doing that. Well, and you wouldn't believe. Can't do that I'll, with I'll tell you. I'll tell you off air the lies that he was spouting to these people, and they just ate it right up. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. It's disgusting. Alright, thanks guys. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.